Thanks, Emily. All right, you guys. I am going to talk to you guys about active listening. There we go. So my name is Lindsay Knuckles, um, and I am the community director at our Matthews location, which means that I help people find and follow Jesus in community. So before that, I spent 15 years um, doing student ministry with middle school and high school students, which I think are some of the best people on the planet. I love them. Yes, I hear you. Um, And working with teenagers taught me a lot of things, but it taught me two primary things. One is that working with teenagers, being with teenagers is the art of question asking. And I think ministry is the art of question asking. And two, listening is the most important skill that you can have as a pastor, as a leader, and as a human being. Leaders are listeners. And if you're in this room, that means that you are a leader. I think there's so much connection that happens when we are present to listen. And at the risk of sounding obvious, I know we're all like, yeah, listening's important, but at the risk of sounding obvious, I really want us to be mindful of the power that comes when we are present and when we pause and when we slow down and when we listen. And I really wanna draw attention to the culture and the system that we live in, right? Life is urgent and it's fast. We wanna hustle, we are busy, we just fill our time with everything. We have technology and answers at like our fingertips, right? Our phones. And if you're like me, I like wanna Google everything. And that is like my biggest distraction in conversation is that somebody has something, I'm like, ooh, let me find that, let me Google it. You know, and I'm like pulling out my phone. And so I just wanna draw attention to that is that listening, I think, is even more valuable. It's even more important because of the system that we live in, right? It's we're busy. We're just like moving from one thing to another. And our minds are like, that's what my mind is. I'm like constantly running instead of like, let me slow down. Let me like really be present. Let me really lock into what you're saying in front of me. And so I've learned that, and you guys probably know this, right? There's always, there's usually something underneath what someone is communicating to us, right? And so are we present enough to hear it? It's like, what is someone like really saying to me right now? And are we present enough? Are we mindful enough to hear it? And so I want you guys to think as we kind of unpack what active listening is, I want you guys to be thinking about a time when someone really listened to you and when you really felt heard. What did that feel like? What was that experience like for you? And how can we be the same thing for others? Like for me, when I think about the times when I felt heard or I felt listened to, is I I felt known. When someone listened to me, I felt known. And when I felt known, I felt safe. And when I felt safe, I could grow. Which is what we want, right? In these small group environments, we want people to grow. And so I think when people grow, it's because they feel safe. And they feel safe because they're known. And they're known, and I think that really starts with listening. So before we kind of dive into what active listening is, we're gonna do a Lego exercise, as you guys see here. Um, I wanna call up my friends, um, who's known as Kelly and Sarah. So give them a hand as they walk up. They are going to lead us in that. Hey guys, this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun. Here, I'll get it, here. You got the tables? All right. So. We probably should have said Lego activity. Someone overheard exercise and was like, are we like working out in here? Like, what is this? What's going to happen? So this is an activity that we're going to do to help hone your active listening skills. And um, we'll go that way, yeah. 
So we are going to need two volunteers, but before that, I'll go ahead and explain what the activity is. So you're going to have participant one standing this way with their back to participant two. Yes, as, as shown. Yes. And each, each participant has a bag or a bucket of Legos. Okay, they're the same in each bucket. So participant one will be the one that communicates and is talking about what he or she is going to be building. Okay, well, so you could, for example, you could say I'm placing the red column, or the, this is not red, the pink column, <laughs> I'm colorblind, the pink column um, to the far left side of my white um, Lego base, okay? So as you do that, you also are going to add in personal details, like memories or, um, uh, so it's going to be a little abstract. So you're going to not only build the Lego set, but you're going to say, Take the blue sparkle Lego. That reminds me of a dress when I was six years old when I played dress up, okay? You don't do that for every Lego. You're gonna do it alternate maybe like every third, but you're gonna tap in some memories that this person has to listen to while also not only building the Lego set, but also listening to what you're saying. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. So we're gonna practice our skills. So now we need volunteers. So if we have two volunteers that would be willing to Run this exercise. It's going to be really fun. Yes! Yes! So you're first, so you can choose, Campbell, to be the, you can be the listener or you can be the communicator. Okay. You can go here with your back. We'll do the listening here. So now we need someone to do the, yes, awesome. Thank you. I'm trying to read your name tag. Is your name Kurt? Kurt. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. So um, do we want them to hold the mic to speak into it or does that... Okay, so I'll hold it for you. You may hold it for you. Sure. Does that help? Okay. All right. I'll do the mic sticker. Okay. Um, I have a light blue, clear, sparkly Lego. And it reminds me of a dress I wore when I was six years old. Um, <laughs> um, so I actually, unfortunately, actually, really, I have three sisters. When I was little, they actually would put me in a dress when I was six years old. Um, I have a picture, and they still have the picture. But uh, anyway, I've, I've moved past that. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so I, have that, I, I still have that Lego. Um, and it'll, I'm going to put it in the um, northeast corner of the white long thing here, right in the corner. Okay. Um, you gonna use Minnie Mouse? Okay. <laughs> I have picked up Minnie Mouse, and um, I have never played with Minnie Mouse. I have no no memory of that. But Minnie Mouse, I'm gonna put on the um, back two um, holes on that same sparkly Lego, the 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 two holes on the edge. Just put her up there on the pedestal. Okay, I'm picking up the yellow orangish pumpkin, and I'm gonna put that uh, Lego, I'm gonna put that smack dab in the middle of the white um, thing, the, the four, right in the middle. And I have no pumpkin memories. And that's the hard part, making a connection. Okay, I'm gonna put down, I'm gonna pick up one of the, um, Legos that has a is blue and has a, like looks like a slide, and um, 
we take our grandsons to playgrounds a lot. This slide reminds me of they like to play in the playground and go on the slide. And I'm going to put that right in front of Minnie Mouse. Right, right in the middle of the white kind of foundation thingy. And then Minnie Mouse, I'm going to put, um, I mean, excuse me, the blue slot I'm going to put right in front of Minnie Mouse. I should add, you can ask clarifying questions. I forgot to mention that. So you're welcome to do that, Campbell, to ask here. Okay, I will pick up the white pedestal. Um... And I'm going to put that right on top of the blue. Let's get blue. I'm going to put that on top of the orange pumpkin Lego for some unknown reason. I'm going to, next, I'm picking up the clear Lego with the um, blue slide and the, I mean the blue window and the white snowflakes. And I'm going to put that on top of the white pedestal, the back part of the white pedestal. <laughs> Now I will pick up the dark blue Lego. Um, blue is my wife's favorite color, so that reminds me of that. And I'm going to put that in the southwest corner of the white, um, the, bo the back, bottom left corner of the white foundation. So put that right there. How long do we, does this go on? <laughs> do we have to, <laughs> we'll get to we'll, we'll go like three more minutes, yeah. Uh, Yes. Any clarifying question, questions you can ask? I would be like, we're south. <laughs> and I'm picking up a clear, light blue, two-pronged Lego piece. And I'm going to put that on top of the uh, clear, two-pronged Lego piece with the window just put on top. I like to make towers. I don't know why. I, love it. I will pick up the pink... A pedestal. Um, no, I have no no weird story about that. Um, and I'm going to put that on the northwest corner of the white foundation. I am an Eagle Scout. I am. Um, <laughs> I'm picking up the red Lego. And I'm going to put that on top of the dark blue Lego. All right, we'll do two more. Oh, good. Sorry. I know you're having so much fun. <laughs> and I'm going to pick up one of the, one of the square um, kind of green Legos, and I'm going to put that on top of the pink pedestal. No. Um, nope, I don't. And last but not least, I'll pick up the small, that's not small, the, the, other, the smaller foundational white piece um, thing has, has eight little prongs on it. And I'm going to put that on the top of the light blue pedestal that's on top of the, excuse me, of the, right in the middle, right on the top of that little tower I was making. So that, that white, um, that piece on top of there. Horizontally. <laughs> and 
Oh, it looks so good. All right. Okay, yes. Turn around and compare our creations. Let's see. Hold them up. Let's see so everybody can see. Or there we go. All right. Whoops. Okay, so many is in the wrong spot, but everything else is pretty good. So good job, guys. Um, well, stay up. Stay up for just a minute. Um, I just want you guys to share a little bit about how that experience was for you. Yeah, I was going to say about the pumpkin. She was looking for the pumpkin and couldn't find the pumpkin and missed where the pumpkin was supposed to go. So she was trying to think of that. So that's just a good example. Like, we lost track, you know, so. I think I distracted you. I was like, turn it around. So funny. And then yeah. you missed All it. All right. Well, this is just, um, hope you guys had fun. Thank you very much. Um, this just shows a good example of what Lindsay is going to dive into and to just get some tactical memories of why this is so important. So, thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you to our volunteers. Great job. Um, it's always fun to play with Legos. Are those Legos or Duplos? Duplo. Thank you. We were a Playmobil family. Anyone? Playmobiles? Yes, I see you. All right. Let's talk about the definition of active listening. So I think you guys have this in your manuals, your binders. So active listening is an active process. How many times can I say active? Um, in which a conscious decision is made to listen understand and respond to another person that improves mutual understanding. So I was trying to think of some examples and stories uh, that I have of active listening, and really they all involve um, crisis, and they all involve someone who needed help. And so I thought about the time, um, just as a student pastor, listening to a conversation and listening to someone who expressed suicidal ideation. And then thinking about the time when I was having a conversation with a teenager and she said something like didn't sound right, like didn't feel right to me. And then I asked the right question and learned that she just had a recent experience that she needed to get some help. And so I got her the help that she needed. And so I say that just like without active listening, like I would have missed both of those. And so just the ability to like, to listen to what a teenager or an adult is not saying, what they are saying, and are we asking the right questions? Um, and we'll talk about that after this. So the definition, I really wanna spend the time like breaking this definition down. And what I love, first of all, is the active process. And I love the word active because it means we have a choice. There's a choice that we can make. And Tammy talked about this, which I love, is that active listening is a skill. And I think it's a skill we can get better at. And I think there's a lot to be said about extroverts and introverts. Um, I am introverted, and so I'm much, I'm like in my head a lot. Um, and so definitely it looks different for both introverts and extroverts. But I think this is a skill that we can get better at, and it's a choice that we can make. Listening is a choice. I like, just something about that means that, hey, I can get better at this and I can improve. Um, and that gives confidence. So I wanna break these words down, listen, understand and respond. I also think too, there's a difference between hearing and listening, right? Hearing somebody and then active listening. Hearing is like, um, you're just, you're really like hearing the words, but you're not understanding and processing. I mean, concentrating on what is actually being said. Um, Cause I'm like, what's the difference between just like, why, why is the word active there? Why is it not just listening? But I think active is so important versus reactive. So the first word is listen. 
So we've all heard the saying, right, that 90% of communication is nonverbal, that we communicate with more than just our words. But I really want to camp out here for a minute and talk about what that means for us as leaders, um, especially of groups, or even just when you have conversations with people in your life. That listening involves posture, and it involves body language. And that may seem obvious, but I want to talk about this for a minute. So are you mindful of your presence? And mindfulness is really bringing your attention to the present moment. And so as you lead, and as you're in a conversation, like where is your mind? Are you distracted? Like what happened that day that's on your mind? And so for leaders, I think this is really important. And I think this is a prayer. This is a really a a prayer that I would be praying as you lead, as you go into leading your group is where is your mind? Because we all live full lives. We have our stressors, we have our workloads, we have burdens that we are carrying. But when you walk into your group, where is your mind? For me, my group meets on Wednesday nights, and Wednesday is the longest work day I have in the calendar week. Um, And it is a lot of meetings, a lot of decisions are made on Wednesday. Wednesdays are like my fullest day. And I have to be really intentional to not walk into group thinking about everything that happened. And so it's either I go home before I go to group. Um, I live in Fort Mill, so that is, I have to make a choice whether I'm going home because my group's in this area. Um, Or I take some time by myself to really process the day before I go into group. Because it really does, if I walk into group thinking about meetings and thinking about decisions I made during the day or thinking about my to-do list, because sometimes you go to meetings and you end up with more things to do, I'm I'm not listening to my group. So where is your mind? Are you present? What practices, what tools do you need to do before you go to group? The second when it comes to listening is showing nonverbal signs. So making eye contact, nodding your head, speaking verbal affirmations, putting your phone down or on do not disturb. Do not disturb is like my best friend when it comes to group. Um, So using that feature I have an Apple Watch, which I love, but I learned I have to take that off and put it down because um, I'm co- I'll constantly be like this, and that and like if you think about a moment when someone's listening to you, like you can tell when someone's listening to you. You know, you can tell when their body language is positioned towards you. They're listening to you. They're looking at you. Those things really, really matter. And I think when someone's being vulnerable to share, like how are you? How are you reciprocating that? Or how are you letting them know, like, hey, you're safe here. Like you can tell me what what's on your mind. And so be mindful of your phone as you lead. And I'll get to that in a minute when we talk practical. The second point is understand. So I wanna camp out here with kind of two, I'm gonna talk about two things. Tammy talked about one of them already, but I'm gonna talk about how to be empathetic and then how to be curious. So active listening, I think facilitates empathy. So I want us to watch a short video by Brene Brown. Um, she is a like, shame researcher, which I love her. She has just incredible thoughts about empathy and shame. So I want to watch this short video that kind of talks about the difference between empathy and sympathy. So what is empathy and why is it very different than sympathy. Empathy fuels connection. Sympathy drives disconnection. Empathy, it's very interesting. Teresa Wiseman is a nursing scholar who studied professions, very diverse professions where empathy is relevant and came up with four qualities of empathy. Perspective taking, the ability to take the perspective of another person or, or recognize their perspective as their truth. Staying out of judgment, 
not easy when you enjoy it as much as most of us do. <laughs> Recognizing emotion in other people and then communicating that. Empathy is feeling with people. And to me, I always think of empathy as this kind of sacred space when someone's kind of in a deep hole and they shout out from the bottom and they say, I'm stuck, it's dark, I'm overwhelmed. And then we look and we say, hey, and climb down. I know what it's like down here. And you're not alone. Sympathy is, ooh, <laughs> it's bad, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, you want a sandwich? Um, empathy is a choice and it's a vulnerable choice because in order to connect with you I have to connect with something in myself that knows that feeling rarely if ever does an empathic response begin with at least I had a yeah and we do it all the time because you know what someone just shared something with us that's incredibly painful and we're trying to silver lining it I don't think that's a verb, but I'm using it as one. We're trying to put the silver lining around it. So I had a miscarriage. Oh, at least you know you can get pregnant. I think my marriage is falling apart. At least you have a marriage. <laughs> John's getting kicked out of school. At least Sarah is an A student. But one of the things we do sometimes in the face of very difficult conversations is we try to make things better. If I share something with you that's very difficult, I'd rather you say, I don't even know what to say right now. I'm just so glad you told me. Because the truth is, rarely can a response make something better. What makes something better is connection. Oh, that video is so good. Any comments about that video? Oh, just kidding. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Any thoughts or comments about the video? Oh, yes, Kathy. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Lisa. Yep. Yeah, it's like, I don't even know what to say right now, but I'm so glad you told me. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And even the distance of the, what was that, an antelope? You know, how far away the antelope was. That's great. I think to y'all, I mean, for me, like, I can feel the pressure. Like, I have, I have to respond. Like, I've got to say something. This person's dependent on me to, to really, you know, it's up to me. It's not up to me. It's up to the Holy Spirit, you know, and it's up to the presence of the Lord. And so I love that sentence. I don't even know what to say right now, but I'm so glad you told me. So what I love about this video, and I'm kind of, I'll unpack the four points she had. Empathy is perspective taking. So the ability to take the perspective of another person. Like, I see what you see, and I see what you're going through. The second, empathy is staying out of judgment, right? Not being quick to respond or quick to assume. It's assuming the best, being free of judgment. Empathy is recognizing the emotion in another person and then communicating that. And then empathy is feeling with people. And I love, and this is just a little plug, um, something I learned that was very important because I am a high empath, um, very high empathy. So I understand, I'm not, I understand empathy versus sympathy, but I learned over empathy as well. So like too much empathy. And this is just a little plug, just as you all as leaders, 
I was in a season of student ministry where I over-empathized. So if somebody was sad or down, I was sad or down. And that's not a healthy place to be as a leader. And so I would encourage you all to just recognize that boundary, you know? And so in the moment, I'm empathizing with you and I feel with you and I'm gonna pray with you, but I'm gonna walk out and I'm not gonna carry it, you know? And so that's what we are here as staff. If you're like, ooh, I'm carrying this burden, talk to us, you know, because I think there is a place where you can be like, oh, I'm, I'm, my mood, my, who I am, I'm affected by other crisis. So um, that's when you can get burnt, burnt out. So I've been there. And so if you are there, come talk to me. But I think there's a, a place when we can over-empathize. So the second is be curious. I want to talk about curiosity. This also comes when we, when, uh, like under understanding. Um, Tammy defined this is curiosity is a strong desire to learn or know something. So let's talk about silence. We hate silence, right? <laughs> silence can feel awkward, but I want to encourage us, like silence is going to be our best friend when it comes to group. Because silence allows your mind to think. It allows your soul to respond. It gives space. It allows you to discern. It allows you to be curious, to listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling you. So when I allow space to be silent, actually, if somebody shares something and I like give it space, they'll usually like share more, you know, or they'll usually, you know, process it themselves. Instead of me giving you the answer, I'm going to give you space to talk through it. So give space. I think sometimes for me, I have the habit or we can have the habit of um, when someone is sharing, we're thinking in our head about what we're going to say next. And I think that comes from a good place, y'all. You know, but we're like, okay, what am I saying next? And then you, you're losing what they're saying. Or, if this is y'all, we like to, we're thinking about a story we want to share to connect, right? Oh, that reminds me of a time that I, you know, and we kind of pull it back to us. And so um, I think that, I think that really actually takes away connection. I don't think that fosters connection. So I want to watch this short video um, that talks about following your curiosity and not your connection. One trap I see people get into in conversation is that one person shares something about themselves. Hey, I'm actually really into pottery. And then the other person goes, uh, oh, 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 my friend's daughter sells pottery. And then they share about that. And then you can kind of see in the eyes of the other person like, oh, okay, I don't know what to do with that. Uh, and then the awkward silence ensues and then they circle around again and try to find another connection. This can work sometimes, but it's kind of slow. So try this instead. Instead of following your connection in your world to the thing they said, follow your curiosity to their world. So they might say, I'm into pottery, and you go, man, I've seen people with the videos of them doing that. Like, how hard is that to keep the clay in form? Or if maybe you don't care about the task of pottery, but you care about people and their stories, you might go, I've always kind of wondered, like, how do people get into pottery? How did you get into pottery? So follow your curiosity, not your connection to the topic. I love that. That is like, that's super helpful. And though, I mean, we'll unpack questions in the next one, but don't make it about you. <laughs> Be curious. How'd you get into pottery? That's really cool. Tell me what that's like. I've never done pottery before. Tell me, tell me about that. Um, so be curious. I think when we take on the posture of curiosity versus giving solutions or giving advice, we free ourselves from the need to influence or direct others. It takes away the pressure. It takes away the pressure. 
So we enable ourselves to listen with understanding. And I think the posture of curiosity is open-handed, not control is open-handed, is where is the Lord taking this conversation? What is the person in front of me saying right now? This is not about me. Where is God taking this? And the last one I wanna talk through is respond. So respond. So I think asking for clarity is a great tool. Um, so ask what you don't understand. So are you jumping to assumptions that they say something that you don't quite understand? What is, what is something you need to circle back to? Don't assume. I think a great tool too is summarizing what you've heard. This is what I hear you saying. To be sure you have it correct. To be sure that you're, you're hearing them correctly. Suspending judgment, I already talked about this. In my notes, I wrote teenagers with three exclamation points. This is huge. Because <laughs> they're gonna say some really squirrely stuff to you, and adults as well. But we're not, like suspending judgment is just, or like being judgmental or reacting is just really, I mean, they're not probably gonna share anything with you after that. And so one of the best pieces of advice I got in ministry is that teenagers don't need you to be disappointed in them. They really don't. People don't need you to be disappointed in them. They need you to be there and be a safe space. They need to challenge them, but without judgment. So that, that was huge for me to hear like 10 years ago. I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> I'm expressing disappointment, you know? And so people don't, students don't need that. People don't need that. So, and the last one is practice discernment or reflection. And so whether that's in the moment or afterwards, so what is this person saying and what are they not saying? And I'll get to the practical application in just a minute. So how does this, like how do we actually practice this in group and then also in relationship? If I'm moving fast, I can give a minute to write. Discernment and reflection. Whether that's in the moment, and I'll unpack that a little bit in the practical side. Oh yeah, we're recording this. Hey everybody, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So application, number one, how we practice active listening is prayer. Prayer is our first work. We are people of prayer. I would just encourage you to make prayer a habit, that you are praying before your group, praying before a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone. You're praying during the conversation. You can pray while someone's talking to you, you know, just like, hey, Lord, I'm giving this to you. What should I say? What should I say? How do I respond? And then you pray after. Prayer, prayer, prayer. We cannot do this ministry work without prayer. So that would be number one. And also you can ask the Lord to help you be a better listener, you know? Um, I don't think that prayer is too small. So prayer, pray before your group, pray during conversation, and then pray after. We are people of prayer. The second is, and Emily mentioned this, but I think reiterating the rules of safety um, in your group, like on a consistent basis, um, what are your group rules, or rules is the wrong word probably, expectations, the culture, because really it's culture in your group. Um, and one of, I think one table talked about confidentiality, right? Like what's shared here stays here. And I think that's really great. So that fosters safety. I do think there's a caveat here that I would like to share. If somebody expresses harm, right? If they're harming themselves, if someone is harming them, or they are harming someone else, you, ha you have to report that to staff. So that's the caveat to confidentiality. So if someone shares that in the group or to you, please share with your like closest New City staff member. Um, but other than that, confidentiality is key. 
Um, we like as staff to know what's going on so we can be in prayer. But if you feel like, hey, I don't want to share that, you can be like, hey, someone in my group is struggling with this. But we like to be praying for your groups and, and people in our congregation. But I think that's really important. That fosters safety is that, and along with your group as well, it's like, hey, we don't, we don't share. We're not going to gossip about what's been said here. Um, so that could be a great, that's a great group expectation that creates safety as, as a part of your culture. Any comments about that or thoughts about that? The next one as far as application is, I think, knowing your group. Um, who's in your group? Who's in your um, just close in circles? If you don't lead a group yet, like who in your life are you like, ooh, this is, I need to practice active listening? I think there's a lot to be said. We've talked about this, about different personality, extroverts, introverts, how like people process information differently. And so extroverts, I don't want to speak for you, but um, verbal processing, I think maybe it's more of an extroverted thing. Introverts, we're more in our heads. And so how are you creating a, a group environment that allows both of those types of people to be safe and to um, succeed? So whether it's like, I've found that maybe giving people time to like, Right. Hey, I'm going to give you guys two minutes to think through this question. Write it down. That really helps introverts. So sometimes if somebody, this is probably plugs, maybe not act, about active listening, but if somebody's not answering your question or responding, maybe they just need a little bit of time, you know? And so maybe they just need to think about it. That's why silence is great. So, you know, like giving them silence or like, hey, write this down, write down your answer and then read it. That's just a really great tool for people who need time to process, who are slow processors. Um, just get really comfortable with silence. It's, silence is your friend. Um, and I think, too, as far as um, group expectations, encourage everyone to be an active listener. Um, and that's a part of our definition, too, of, of leadership. A small group leader is you guys are facilitators. So you're facilitating an environment where everybody actively listens. And so maybe talking through this with your group, like, hey, we're all active listening. We all listen well to one another. Um, a couple more things. Um, take notes if needed so you can follow up well. Um, and I think if you are a note taker, like I take notes on my phone. And so I'm always like, if I pull my phone out, I'm like, hey, I'm pulling my phone out so I can take a note right now. That's probably not ideal. But if I'm in a place where I'm like, I don't have a piece of paper, but I really want to I want to capture what you've said. I'm like, hey, I'm pulling this out so I can write down, what, like I can type what you said and then I'll put it away. So I would thought like take notes if someone says something in a group setting or like, hey, I, wanna, I need to follow up with this so that you don't forget. Um, also like, <laughs> it's just my prayer on Sunday mornings for years is that I remember people's names and the Lord's like really honored that prayer. And so I think you can pray for, for <laughs> to remember, <laughs> you know, like, Lord, help me remember, help me remember what this person said to me this morning, you know? And so, cause if, you know, if you're like me, you're having a, you know, you're having conversations, you can walk away and be like, what did I just hear? You know, or like, what? I can't remember who said this, but like, I think that's a great prayer. Lord, help me remember. Help me remember names. Help me remember um, if you aren't in a space to write it down. But I would say, write, like, if you can, take notes. Um, another thing for active listening in your groups is affirmation. I know I mentioned that, but affirm people who have shared. Thank you for sharing. Even like what they talked about in the video, it's, hey, thank you. I'm so glad you shared that with me. We have a girl in our group um, who just recently moved, but she was so good at this. Anytime someone would share something hard, she would just like give space to affirm, like, thank you for sharing that. That is a hard thing. I'm so glad you shared that. 
Um, she was just excellent at that. And so she wasn't one of the leaders, um, but she created that environment where people felt really safe to share. And so affirm people who share. Um, partner with a co-leader. If you guys have somebody that you lead with, don't lead alone. So partner with co-leader, whatever that looks like. I know that's kind of vague, partner with your co-leader, but talk through like, hey, um, whether you split the group up or kind of talk through what culture looks like. Um, and we'll talk about co-leading, I think, at another Equipping Leaders, but um, co-leading, like don't lead alone. That's what I would say. Um, so if you're leading like your group by yourself now, like we've, that's what staff's here for, to kind of help you think through like how do you actively listen well in your group. Um, last things, follow up after group. I think that's really important is a follow up. When you share something or some, you know, if you have something that you share and then you never hear about it again, that can be really, that's, you know, it's vulnerable to share. That can be scary to share. So follow up, whether that's a text or a phone call or, hey, let's get coffee again. Be sure you follow up. And last, I'm like beating a dead horse, but put your phone away. <laughs> or make, intent, make your intentions clear of why it's out. All right, so I want us to move. All right, sorry. I see some people writing. Any thoughts about that before we move into a table exercise? Do I have any more slides? Nope. Okay, staff, where are you at? My team, we'll love if you guys would spread out. All right, so you have a team member at your table who is going to share their most embarrassing story. Okay. And so, oh wait, I'll wait till you get situated. Yeah. Oh, Dylan's right there. Sarah's right here. These two. Kelly. Suzanne. Mariah. No. Yes. Queen. I can go to someone. Yeah. I should share mine to everyone. I'm just kidding. Um, okay. So the person at your table is going to have three minutes, and they're going to share their most embarrassing story. Around the table. This is a vulnerable story to share, hopefully. So I want you guys to practice listening, practice your body language, practice understanding, connecting, empathy, and then practice response. So I'm going to give you guys three minutes. After the three minutes is up, I'll come back up and I'll kind of guide through the next piece because um, I want you guys to ask follow-up questions, paraphrase what they said, so practice the skills we've learned. So I'll give three minutes and then I'll come back up here. Tell your story. All right, around your table, I see you guys already doing this, but spend a couple minutes paraphrasing what you've heard, asking some follow-up questions, some clarifying questions if you need to, but spend a couple minutes listening, understanding, and responding, and I'll come back up. All right, y'all. I would love if we debriefed with the whole room. So, I mean, I don't have to share your stories, although we should. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, how was that experience? For you all as active listeners. What did you take away? Did you notice like, oh, my mind's trailing off? Did you try to connect with them with the, oh, your own story? Would love to hear about that experience. Or even people who shared their stories. Yeah, Elena. Yeah, so, no? That's good. Yeah, no, okay, uh, cool, glad. Yeah, 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 that's good, Campbell. Yeah, it's good, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I would say I shared a story in my table ask great questions that allowed me to like reflect on the experience. Um, and so my embarrassing moment like involves public speaking and being on stage. And they were like, what did you learn from that? Like, you know, what did you take away? I was like, oh, I learned not to take myself so seriously, <laughs> you know? And it's like, it's funny and it's okay. And then 
Um, even summarizing like, hey, it sounds like that was vulnerable because you weren't, like someone else made a mistake and it put you in a vulnerable spot. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. So anyway, I appreciated that kind of open-endedness. Yeah, Tammy. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Mariah. Oh, great. Well, thank you for your vulnerability. <laughs> you have three minutes to talk to me now. Yeah. <laughs> Time it. Yeah, I only can, I'm only paying attention to you for three minutes. <laughs> That's good, Kyle. It's good. Well, thank you um, for uh, doing that exercise. Thank you for being here. Um, that comment, I don't know, the one sitting beside Mariah and Elena, but your comment about like active listening is hard and it's a skill, and it's practice, and that would just be my final word for you guys, like, it's a skill, and give yourselves grace, because it's, it's something, it's hard, and um, it's something, like, the more you practice it, the more that it becomes something that you're good at doing, and, and, and becomes a habit, and so that's why I think just prayer, I'm just going to end, like, just <laughs> prayer is just going to really help you, I'm going to be attentive, and I'm going to slow down, and maybe it's quick, like, what would help me slow down right now, you know, and help me be in tune. Um, but it's a skill. And so it's, it's might not come easy, but um, walking out of here, hopefully you guys just have some, some tools to be more mindful as you lead your groups and as you have conversations with people. So we're going to take a, um, like, a 10 to 15-minute break so you can stretch your legs, listen to someone, tell a story. Just joking. <laughs> listen for three minutes. Um, we'll be back in here in a little bit.